growing up with an older sister, because my sister's nine years older than me, I was her test doll. So I definitely <laughs> had my eyebrows overplucked. Like I literally remember we were in an, uh, a hotel room in Amsterdam on a family vacation. <laughs> Everybody went out and this bitch kept me at home in the hotel room and plucked my eyebrows. Nah. Like so thin. My mom came back. She was pissed. Are we having fun? Hell yeah. I'm Steph. And I'm Kayla. And we're two best friends coping with life the only way we know how. One adventure and a cocktail at a time. This week's drink is featured by Kabuki Sushi of Orlando, Florida. Although we're not sponsored by them, Stephanie did have an amazing meal there this week, and she wanted to feature Shen's Garden, which is a cocktail filled with Haku Vodka, house-infused green bean syrup, lemon juice, orgiat, and fee foam. Now, this might sound way, way left field as a cocktail, especially with green bean syrup, and honestly, I don't know what some of the ingredients are, but it just goes to show that different cultures can bring a unique take to the table, and we are so excited to go more in depth about it in this episode. Welcome to Are We Having... (laughs) I always started like that. Hey guys, welcome to Are We Having Fun? I'm Steph. And I'm Kate. have this, I thought. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, okay, so scratch all that. We just have to say, welcome, <laughs> bitches. Welcome back. <laughs> I like that one. We're keeping that. Welcome, bitches. <laughs> welcome back to the shit show. We're your hosts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we have a, a fun episode, fun for us today, because we're going to be talking about being multicultural and living in the society we call America. So Maybe this will resonate with people outside the U.S., but, you know, it'll resonate with people who have kind of grown up like us. We're just trying to find our, we're trying to find our tribe. Oh my God. Yes. Our niche, our niche, our niche, our, our niche. Is it niche? It's, I think it's niche, but I say our niche. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) My niche. I think it depends on where you're from. This ties into the whole multicultural thing. I think, yeah, niche, because I am a basic. Niche, and like quiche. Like quiche. quiche niche. Oh, <laughs> wait. Okay. Yeah. This show is now about quiche. <laughs> Which we could talk about for a Nothing. lot. Cause Kayla, Kayla and I like our quiche, dude. This is perfect actually. Cause we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about food anyway, but first, before we go into our episode, we want to talk a little bit about the, um, the Met Gala, Gala, what do you say? Just yeah, it kidding. depends where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> um, because obviously it is just all over social media. Unless you live under a rock, you have seen all of the outfits coming up and all of the celebrities waving very elegantly and all of the influencers just screaming because they're excited to be there. Um, but we're not really going to like go into specifics on that. Met Gala and other other prominent red carpet events are obviously made to get the media talking. And this is a great way for fashion icons to show their work using celebrities as mannequins. But for the public, we just look at them in awe and we wish we were royal and whatever the case may be. So we're going to kind of like go into these celebrities that 
we have looked up to since we were little. Obviously, the media is a great portion of how we view society. And everybody's icons are different. It's like if you're scrolling on your Instagram feed or TikTok, your TikTok is different than my TikTok, is different than Stephanie's TikTok. Have a TikTok. (laughs) Well, yeah. If she had a TikTok. So it's very different from mine. (laughs) (laughs) It exists. Hers doesn't. No. Um, But like everybody has their own like algorithms. And I feel like even the media you choose to watch is, is in its own sense an algorithm. But that's not really how I wanted to phrase that. I just wanted to ask Stephanie to start off. What kind of icons did you look up to like actors or singers? Honestly, the unproblematic ones, if that <laughs> makes sense. So Kayla and I, before we started uh, recording today, we actually were talking about like that whole time period of like Lizzie McGuire, like Hilary Duff. And obviously she's making a comeback because I think she's in like a couple new shows. You were watching one. How I Met Your Father. How I Met Your Father. Yeah, a couple <laughs> things the like biggest that. biggest one. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, but I remember like reading like an article about her maybe like five years ago. And it was like, when you think about like young Disney stars or like young Nickelodeon stars, they all kind of like go through shit after they leave Disney, you know, like Miley Cyrus, like, um, Demi Lovato, all these people are like, end up going to rehab, end up like having like all these issues. And Hillary Duff has like, not like literally faded into the background, but in a good way. Like mm-hmm. she like became like a mom. She like married, had like philanthropy things all this stuff so I feel like those type of actors and those type of celebrities are really the ones that I kind of like you know I haven't heard anything bad about them so they're probably doing well and And other people I mean like Blake Lively like I've never heard anything bad about her there's just people that you never heard anything bad about and it's like those are the people that it's like because in Hollywood it's a freaking shit show you know so for you to like keep your level headed and not get into all the craziness that that brings basically I think that's really cool and and I'm the opposite I I love a bad girl (laughs) you love you love the shit shows (laughs) I love the shit show I am the shit show no I I'm a reformed shit show and (laughs) no I mean it it is something to be said though like how you're brought up is is who you're gonna look at so like I think of like Miranda Cosgrove as one of those people too she never Mm -hmm. really like (laughs) until her interview when she's like maybe fuck (laughs) yeah except like that's to show that like nobody saw her in that light of like cussing or anything like that I still think she's a kid she's like older than us but I still feel like she's like 17 I don't know right right and so it's like it's like there is something to be said about about how you carry yourself and and what you choose to do I I think I appreciated the bad girls because I followed like Paris Hilton still (laughs) Lindsay Lohan still Demi Lovato all my girls Britney Spears Britney Spears Miley Cyrus (laughs) because they're trying to make a statement they're like trying to break free of some of something like you know looking 17 or something but is it trying to make a statement or are they just batshit crazy and using well, a this for attention of, at the same time I feel a like a bit of both go, probably. I feel like it's both-sided yeah so like I've I've like listened to their stories and stuff like that and yeah okay they could be writing a story to write story but there is truth to their stories um and and I do I do appreciate some of that that sense but also something that like I've realized growing up is that like my idols weren't necessarily the like 
they were all American, but there was something like kind of different about them. Not like the typical, like Jessica Simpson was a big thing when we were growing up and she was that Southern yeah, what girl. To Southern her? Belle. Oh she just, I think has her own family faded into the background. Faded. See, yeah. Like, it tries to maybe tries to stay relevant, but maybe I, you know, I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't follow her that much. Um, but like, I wasn't always like gravitating towards the typical blonde haired I feel like the way we grew up is like the popular girls were like the blonde haired cheerleaders you know very stereotypical American very early 2000s too yeah like and I I looked up to people like well I didn't realize it at the time but like Demi Lovato Selena Gomez in a sense I was still looking up to people who were what what the industry calls ethnically ambiguous like even Miranda Cosgrove there's like something different about them Vanessa Hudgens they always played the leads but they weren't they didn't fit the mold of what like like they 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 played roles where the mold should have been like blonde cheerleader type of thing but they gave like a fresh take on it because they didn't fit the mold exactly so like you watch wizards of waverly place and you're a kid you don't freaking loved that show right you don't think much into it but like the mom is hispanic and the dad is white and then the kids are mixed and and it was like not that like i i always watched that show specifically but that's a great example of like i didn't realize that I was gravitating more towards those like unconventional families to put it lightly. And um, those are still kind of the people that I, I watch. And it's even like, and it's probably because we literally grew up in unconventional families. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's like stemming. It's like seeing yourself. I mean, we talk, what is that? There's a word for that representation. Like people want to see people like them, you know, like, yeah in shows like in fashion blah 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 so for us to grow up a certain way and then see that reflected on the screen that's a cool thing yeah a really cool thing obviously I don't know any of these people but but this is what <laughs> I, I have on speed observed. dial yeah yeah I have them on speed dial in the which future. speed so, dial right there wait. just saying that that dates you because that's wait, not a yeah. fucking thing anymore right wait no one knows people are listening to this and they're like what's speed dial you mean the favorites section on your yeah I'm like because I still use that and I'm like I remember like on a razor like you hold down a button and they call somebody so (laughs) oh wow well that didn't even cross my mind yeah like that's one have you seen that video where it's like um this sound is gonna date you and it's the dial-up tone oh shoot and there's like there's like a millennial and a gen z and they're like and the gen z is like what is the sound and the millennial is like are you fucking kidding god that's the same thing now with speed dial. So. Half of those people probably know what like the songs are or what the sounds are, but they just yeah. don't want to like admit it. They just want the views. True. <laughs> That's true. But, but anyway, but they probably look- don't. Yeah, they probably don't. But yeah. So it's like these people that we looked up to growing up, didn't realize it, but it was like, everybody was into the Jonas brothers, but we also loved like, Taylor Lautner or somebody that we didn't realize was there was just there was something more to them you know mm-hmm. not that I actually was into Taylor Lautner because I don't think I was but <laughs> team Jacob wait is that that guy I don't yes Taylor yes. Lautner yeah yes, that's yes yes 
I, I don't even thinking, know. What the I was thinking Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I went way back. Yeah, that's him too. Oh, I know. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's just so crazy. We just wanted to like talk about who we are and why we looked up to those people. Talk about you as a as a DNA oh, segment. <laughs> that's scary. Um culturally, are we yes. talking? Okay, yeah. so like your blood, your literal blood. So looking at Kate, well, Kayla looks a little different than I do. I just look like a straight white girl, which I guess is kind of the case. But, but not, um, but not, but not. Yeah. So my mom, um, so I was born in South Africa to South African parents. So it's not, we weren't in like the military or anything like that. Like they are South African and my mom, her heritage is like a whole bunch of white, like English, Polish, mainly English, but you know, a bunch of other stuff in there. So she's just like full bloody full-blooded South African. My dad, bloody, well, she's just bloody South African. Bloody held. Um, and then my dad, uh, he was also born and raised in South Africa, but his lineage is Lebanese. So his grandparents came from Lebanon and settled in South Africa, which is where he met my mom. So I look a whole bunch of white. I am white in the wintertime, but when I, when the summer comes around, you can tell like I have something because I can get dark. Like if I'm out in the sun every single day, like I can go three shades darker within a week. So, which is pretty cool. And so I got the, I got the Lebanese skin from not, not to comment on your appearance, but obviously like, even if you're like looking at social media that's a great you know everybody looks at social media yeah. it's just the best what example it's there for like there are starting to be people that are like where my hairy girls at or like dark haired girls at because like yes everybody thinks that it, like I have really light hair I don't grow a lot of hair but some and people I do don't <laughs> yeah like that some was actually do. a that was a big, yeah, that's a really good point because growing up too, like what we're talking about, like blonde hair, cheerleader, like hair was always seen as like girls aren't supposed to have it like anywhere. Like if you have it, you know, in anywhere other than your head, it's like weird. So obviously or even having, on your fucking head, on your face is weird or just like some, yeah, on your face. Yeah. Like anything more than like your actual head of hair. Um, and so being Lebanese, like I have darker hair, like my arms, like are, I mean, not hairy, like a freaking werewolf, but like, no, it's, it's, I don't have blonde hair. It's dark hair. So you can definitely see it. Like if I don't shave my legs for a while, it's dark hair. So, um, growing up too, like, I remember in seventh grade, I actually like shaved my arms with a razor because I was like that self-conscious about it. And obviously like, you don't want to ever do that because then it grows back thicker and like more. So I only did it one time and it was like super itchy, but I just like, like that literally weighs on it. Cause you grow up thinking about something like, oh, I should have blonde hair. I shouldn't have hair in these spots. But, you know, it's like now I look at it and I fucking love my hair. Like and people like they I've never heard anybody say anything about it. I've actually seen girls with hair more than me, which like it's not that that makes me feel good that somebody else is hairier. But it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's like you found she, your people. Yeah. You like she's it. embracing it. So why the fuck can't I embrace it? You know, yeah. so it's like. It's cool. It's like even with our eyebrows, okay? Like, okay, oh, we were. I used to we get were, my eyebrows done all the time. Mm-mm. Yeah, I let them, <laughs> I let them grow out now. I'm like, whatever. When we were growing <laughs> up, it was like taboo to have thick eyebrows, and then I, I was always scared that, that somebody changes, would man. like overdo it on me. So I always like kind of embraced that, 
Cause I was just like, well, I don't want to look like a freak. And, and my mom would tell me like, yeah, I overplucked my eyebrows. Cause I grew up in the nineties yeah. and now I don't have eyebrows. And yeah. so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. And now yep. the trend is literally like people have to draw on their eyebrows to make them look like or ours. comb them up. Like they want to yeah. comb them up and make them like crazy. You yeah. Know? And we have and- that naturally. We're like, hell yeah, bitch. We can do that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's our yeah. Time I remember that phase and growing up with an older sister. Cause my sister's nine years older than me. I was her test doll. So <laughs> I definitely had my eyebrows overplucked. Like I literally remember we were in an, uh, a hotel room in Amsterdam on a family vacation. <laughs> Everybody went out and this bitch kept me at home in the hotel room and plucked my eyebrows. No. Like so thin. My mom came back. She was pissed. <laughs> How old were you? I was 10. I was like, dude, like, <laughs> you're like because I just want to I want to see the sight because she grew up in you know like the 90s and the the early 2000s when that yeah. was popular so she had these tiny little eyebrows and she's like oh we're gonna make yours like this too and I'm 10 years old yeah Dude, <laughs> leave me alone I don't want this that is so great I love that I love that I love that <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love sisters I mean I'm sure I did like similar things to my sister Cause she was six years younger than me, you know, and she always yeah. wanted to hang out and I'm just like, exactly. Fine, if, if you're going to hang out, then yeah. you're going to do this for me. That's like, exactly <laughs> what my sister said. And the same thing, like my cousin used to do that to me cause she was older. Yeah. Oh my God. But her sister used to do that to, for her too. Oh my God. Long line of older cousins and siblings doing things, cutting out hair after rubber bands get stuck, all the good stuff. We were talking about how we grew up in our households, and I want to kind of go back into what you were saying about like celebrities you followed and how you liked unproblematic people because Mm -hmm. I feel like that ties into the cultures we grew up with. Like, for instance, or I mean, it could it could be any culture. You know, there's there's different variations. Not one general thing. Yeah. But, but talking about what people usually know as like some, some cultures as like the more traditional family values, things like that. Like I'm half Filipino. So like those kind of Asian stereotypes are, are stereotypes for a reason. Like right. it's very much. I know. I always say that. I'm like stereotypes. Yeah. Not to say that they're good, but they exist because like there's some truth to them. Otherwise they wouldn't be a stereotype. Like Exactly. Exactly. Like for us, like, yes, school is very important and you do want a good job and take care of your family. And also there's a lot of like pride going on and just like respect and, and it, same with like the other side, because I grew up like in a military background. So it's very much like tradition, tradition, tradition. And it puts a lot of expectations on you, you know, to like be what you're supposed to be. And like very proud and very, (laughs) yes, yes. Pride. That's a good way. Yeah. And it's almost like, even if you're not necessarily happy, you need to do it anyway, because this is what like is expected of you. Exactly. And so I feel like that plays into kind of who we did look up to. Cause it's like, maybe I was just growing up. I always was like, no, I don't, I'm trying to break the tradition. Whereas you're like, I want to embrace it. You know, 
Like everybody kind of has their things that they gravitate towards. Yeah. And you either go one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, really. And so what was that like? Like what what were the family dynamics as far as like the, the cultural backgrounds for you? Um, so like in terms, well, I'm trying to, trying to put these thoughts together. So my parents always like pushed, you know, like doing well school, but it wasn't like to the extent of like a cultural thing. I think that was just like more like them because like my, my parents never went to college. It wasn't like a, like they started out college, but then they, they dropped out. Well, my mom got like a nursing it's different over there. It's not like a four-year degree. It's yeah. like a nursing certification. Something to be said though, about the whole wanting a better life for your kids right. and where they came from. Exactly. So, but when you come to America, it's very different. Like here, like you're not anybody unless you have a four-year degree, but now everybody and their mother has a four-year degree. So now it's like to even stand out. Now you need a master's. Now you need a doctorate. And, you know, it just keeps like, I feel like in America, it's all about improving but not always in a good way it's more like more like we want more what else can you get how much more money can you make how can you do this in other countries it's very like you have your accomplishments you know you want to do good but you don't need to go the traditional route you don't need to go to college and we just had kelly on last week you don't need to go to college to prove that you're suitable you don't need to go to college to prove that you're going to be something there's other ways around it and so my parents like pushed us, you know, like, yes, you should be getting good grades. Like you shouldn't be flunking out of things. But at the same time, if I got a B or even a C, it was like, you know, it's not okay, but it's like, okay, well, it, did you try your hardest? Well, then that's all that really matters. You know, like mm -hmm. if you know that you did as much as you can and that's what you came up with, then, you know, who are they to say like, you can't, you know, you need to improve because there's no improving at that point. Right. So, but also for me, like just growing up, like I always wanted to do, I always wanted to have a lot of accomplishments. I always wanted to get straight A's. I always wanted to go to college. So they kind of stood behind me on that because that's something I wanted to do. I'm sure if I didn't want to go to college and I found another niche somewhere, <laughs> I'm sure like they would have been hundred percent fine with that, even though they know like, you know, college in this country is how you make it. So I think that's, I think that's really like what they had, you know, in terms of their mind. But like if, if we had stayed in South Africa, for example, I don't know that they would have really pushed me to go to college or anything like that. As long as I, you know, as long as I could support myself and I was happy in what I was doing, I think that's really all that matters. Mm -hmm. I would say the same thing. I mean, my parents, like they were kind of, I think it goes back to like, okay, why did I idolize like people that broke tradition and stuff like that? Cause I think my parents were also trying to do the same from definitely from their parents and so just knowing your mom definitely. yeah <laughs> and so um I I think they would they would probably say the same thing as your parents um but but like you said like there's there's that like I want to be the best I want the grades I want you know exactly and like so, I want to prove that to them almost yeah exactly so there's like also that um but like you said like if you wanted to become an actress <laughs> then they would stand behind you as long as you're putting in the work the same yeah. way that you and as long as I have you know like you have a realistic mindset like you're yeah you can't go into it and be like oh I'm gonna be the next whatever yeah, but yeah you have exactly. to like if as long as you're showing like this is how I'm gonna do it this is my plan I feel yeah. like that's you know or like I don't have my plan yet but like I'm I'm putting things in place I know it's going somewhere right like 
makes a difference. And what was what was food like for you? Because that's our favorite. Oh my quiche gosh. niche. Here we go. <laughs> so quiche niche. Oh, I freaking love food. So um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom when I was um, living at home or when I was growing up. So I was definitely blessed. <laughs> when, I was, when I was a corporate stay-at-home yeah. worker as five <laughs> years old. <laughs> so... Um, so I was blessed with lots of good meals. And so my dad being Lebanese, like he loved that type of food, obviously. And so my mom, like obviously learned to make it cause she was the one making all the food. So we would have like, and I know Kayla fucking loves these. Cause whenever we would make them, she'd be like, Oh, bring me some, bring me some of those. <laughs> um, we would make like homemade, like grapevine leaves, which is like literally a grape leaf, like from a grape plant. And then they stuff it with normally like beef and rice, but you can stuff it with pretty much anything, but it always has like rice in the middle. And then we'd make like cabbage rolls, which is the same thing with cabbage on the outside and stuff with, you know, beef and rice. Um, labne, which is like a, like a yogurt based thing. My dad used to eat that on rice. It's like a, kind of like a watery yogurt, but it's not sweet. Um, and just so much stuff. Like we used to go, there's a, a, a Lebanese restaurant in Dr. Phillips, which is where I grew up called Cedars. And we used to go there, I'd say at least like once a month, like he, you know, that was just our thing. Like we always eat that food. So when I meet people now, cause I, I just met somebody the other day and she's like very hesitant to try new foods. Like she sticks with American food. Cause she doesn't know if she's going to like it. And that was her first time ever having Mediterranean food. And she's like, like, you know, do you eat this a lot? Is this like what it is? I'm like, I grew up on this. What yeah. are you talking about? Like, this is literally like, like I wouldn't, we wouldn't make burgers at home. You know, my mom, like we didn't eat American food. Like she would make this, she would make quiche. Like she would make like cultural food from around the world. Like, yeah. What is American food? Really? Right. Right. <laughs> same. I would say same. My dad was the, the grill master and he would do the steaks and he would do the um, burgers, but then my mom would do it was, it was like, okay, Filipino food takes a long time oh, to prepare and set. make. Yeah. So ah. it's like, it's like a special treat <laughs> almost. Um, yeah. Unless it was like, there were definitely meals where I was like, oh, not again, because like, you know, stews are always an easy way to go or like right. curries are an easy way to go. Yes. But and I'm so like a fan of those. So I'm yeah, sure. we would have our, our own specific ones that I would get tired of, which now I would, I would probably eat once in a while, but like, I'm like, okay, overdone, you know, yeah. on the chicken and, honestly, and steak same. with potatoes and rice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but like there were certain things that I would crave and like, I learned how to make lumpia, which is Filipino egg rolls so that I could so good bring that forward. But like, there were definitely, I'm so hungry now. <laughs> there were definitely the snacks that like friends would come over just like me with the grape leaves when my mom would <laughs> Um, have my friends over, it would be mango and sticky rice. They would be like, please, Oh my please. god, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go over to your mom's house right now if she exactly. can make that for me. I mean, mangoes are ripe right now, so like it's so perfect time. <laughs> good. Oh my gosh. So, but yeah, it's it's interesting because especially living in this part of Minnesota, it's it's kind of more diverse than the surrounding areas, but it's it's behind in a lot of aspects of what I'm used to because, um, they have like a couple places that make euros. Okay. They have pizza places or like Italian places that are more authentic, but like, sometimes I just want like 
sometimes I even want just an oriental market where I can buy ingredients and I don't even have that. So I'm like always craving. Meanwhile, here there's one on every corner. Exactly. Exactly. And even in Minneapolis, you know, you would have to drive down there to, to go shopping. And that's what I, I finally found some Filipino people up here and I'm like, so like, how do you make food? And they're like, oh, you have to take a trip. It's two and a half hour drive. So you're basically buying the ingredients and hauling and them back. Coming back to yeah. make them here. So you wow. buy like a month's worth of stuff. Right. And then freeze it or whatever. Just yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's like, I'm realizing that what I find is normal, it's, is not normal. Like um, some people up here, they don't even eat beans. Okay. Which is like, a, like a staple for us, yeah. you know, um, not to call out people, but like some, some of them don't eat. Um, what's a weird one had never had a hot dog or something like, yeah. So like, it's, it's just really, it's just really weird. I don't know if hot dog is the one they said, but it was something very generic like that. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's just like, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, like I'm craving these things, so I'm going to eat them. And then eventually maybe you'll try them, you know? Right. But like, like in Filipino desserts, beans are, are a major ingredient. Like a, a lot bean. of Asian though, like even yeah. like Japanese, like red bean ice cream is so freaking good. Yes. Yeah. And I exactly. remember eating it for the first time and there's literally beans in it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like good. It works. Yeah. Like we actually have like a a whole dessert where it's different kinds of like tapioca and beans and fruit. And like, that's considered basically almost like a fruit salad and people would not eat that. I I don't. Well, yeah, because people are so like, yeah, narrow-minded. I don't talk about that to people who aren't ready for it because that's right. just like way out there. meanwhile I would be like bring it on yeah and sidebar the sushi place I went to yesterday that I told you about one of the drinks that I got had a green bean syrup in it like it was literally green and I like I saw that the way that she made it and stuff and when I tasted it like it tastes somewhat like a green bean but it was like fucking phenomenal so wow. you really just gotta you can't knock it until you try it yeah and well and it's not gonna taste I don't know. It's not going to taste like a vegetable, you know, like they make it into like, like the desserts and the drinks, like they make it to where you wouldn't really know unless you were told. I feel like I was going to say it might taste like more of a vegetable to you because you're not used to those kinds of flavors, like a paste, like a, um, think of marzipan. If you, if you didn't love, I love everything. Damn it. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) If you didn't grow up around it, you'd be like almond paste, blech, you know, but like, that's what we that's what we do yeah. with beans. We put it in a pastry and it's like bean paste and right. it's like weird. It's weird, right. but it's the but, best thing in the world. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, well, <Damn> like, <laughs> but I just crave those kinds of things and I'm hungry now <laughs> for my favorite snacks. We need to go. Oh, and there's a Filipino restaurant that opened right next to me. <gasps> so when going. you come down here, we're going. It's okay. called Taglish, which is the Oh my isn't God. that the um what am I trying to say isn't that the language Tag-lish? well it's it's the Tagalog, so it's probably like the Tagalog delicious or something it's probably some kind of pun yeah and like, I looked you know, at their menu there's lumpia oh pancet all this stuff dude okay we're going on 
Oh, that's so exciting. Okay. I'm yes. going to tell my mom. Bring your mom. Tell your mom. Yes. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Side so <laughs> that's like next week. Wow. Crazy. So it's just, you know, I feel like we should talk about this more often and hopefully we can talk about this more with our guests too, because we do bring on some like really unique backgrounds too. And, you know, not to say that everybody should like focus on their identity because you can make yourself crazy trying to like, we're all human. We all have our similarities. We all have our differences, but it it really does like bring a sense of comfort when you have people that relate in, in certain aspects that like bring you, it's like, it's like comfort food for people. I don't know. That's a weird way to put it. (laughs) Who's going to eat it? Cannibals. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) There's still people. (laughs) I mean, that's a whole thing, but not to say we're trying to find those people. Uh, But it's just like, you know, people like thrive on social media being like, yes, I'm so unique. I'm so different. Let me, let me take this idea and let me put it in a box on like, Lebanese people always do this. And then like, I have friends that are multicultural as well. And they're like, every culture does this. It's stupid. And I'm like, you're so right. You're so right. But like, that's why we're just trying to find people that like feel weird, but really you're not that weird. You're normal. You're normal. And even if growing up, whatever the fuck you want. Yes. That's our tagline. (laughs) Um, even if growing up, it seemed weird at the moment, like I feel like when you're growing up, you haven't met a whole lot of people in the world. You know, you've only been around like those high school friends or those middle school friends that you have. So maybe you weren't like exposed to a lot of the different cultures like that. But once you become an adult and you really look around, like, like you said, you're not weird. Like there's so many people that do the exact same shit as you halfway across the world. So yeah, take that away. And if you haven't like got to experience our dope cultures, no, I'm kidding. But if you, (laughs) if you haven't, gotten to experience that then just like go in for a good time you know go into an event with an open mind like if there's a greek festival going on they used to do that in new york where i live yes they have one here just go in thinking like i'm gonna be the life of the party and you're not gonna understand everything that they do or say or make food or whatever but like just go in and say i'm gonna have a good time and that's when you're gonna realize that like you might find a love that you didn't know that you needed before whether that's like food a person a culture whatever and if you guys out there are multicultural please let us know like any tidbits you know about food ideologies anything that you grew up with because we absolutely love learning and especially about culture so we would love to hear those little tidbits from you guys Yes. If we can't travel in person, then at least we can travel through you and through your DMs and through your DMs, <laughs> send us a DM <laughs> down in the DM. And then we got, you know, new kinds of restaurants to find out. So yes. Oh my gosh. I Obviously food. food. Quiche niche. <laughs> Quiche niche really brings people together. <laughs> uh, well, we'll catch you next week. We're going to have another guest and her name is Maytal. She's actually from Israel originally. And she, it, girl, she is so New York. I am so excited to bring her on. She is an actress in Atlanta right now. She's going to talk about traveling culture and how she has made it for herself in her own way, using, using that diversity. So 
it's going to be really exciting. Yes. So excited to hear that. And if you guys are watching the video at all, you will see the shirts that we got on. We are wearing our A. There we go. Is it AWHF off our off brand shirts? Okay, we're gonna turn around because we have backs to our shirts. Oh, yes. kind of hard to see, but and it says travel, travel is, is my is therapy. therapy. Yes, travel is my therapy, but it's our, our therapy. therapy, whatever, together, collective. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, bye. <laughs> <laughs>